Well, good morning. Um, happy Mother's Day to everyone. Um, I am loving this series. Um, I think it perfectly describes my life. Now, Kyle cannot relate to that video at all. He is so clean, and everything has its place. In fact, one of my favorite stories his mom likes to talk about is that when he was younger and he would stay home sick from school, that she would be secretly excited because she'd come home and the house was clean. So now me, on the other hand, that could have been a clip from my life. So I guess he experiences it through me. Um, Well, we are so excited that you guys are here today. Um, We deeply love and honor our mothers today. We're so grateful just for your love and your sacrifice, um, for your grace and your strength on a daily basis. We also know that this, um, this day is tough for some people, that as Kyle mentioned earlier, that this is a day that brings joy and pain with it. And so today, we just mourn with you if you're experiencing loss this year or if it brings that to the surface. Um, We mourn with you and we stand with you today and we love you. And we also stand with those who are believing um, to enter motherhood yet they haven't gotten there yet. And so we stand with you today and we love you and we pray for you that God would come alongside of you and give you strength today. I feel so privileged to be able to share God's word with you. I love that I get to share God's word. I'm not up here to give you self-help tips for motherhood because I really would not have a lot to tell you. That God's word, he tells us, is living and active and that he can come and that he can do something inside of us with his word that um, even encouraging words can't do. And so today, that's what I'm praying over all of us, that no matter where you are in life, whether a mother or a father, um, whether you're a teenager, whatever stage you're, you're at in life, I believe that God has something for you today. And so let's just pray and invite the Holy Spirit to just come and speak to our hearts. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you have given us words of life, Lord, that you come alongside of us and you walk with us. And so God, I pray that you would come even now and just prepare our hearts for whatever it is that you have for us. Father, open our lives, refine our hearts, change the way that we think. In Jesus' name, amen. How many times do you feel like you have to pull yourself together, that you have to have everything in line before God can do something in your life? I love this series because I think it's pulling back the layers. It's pulling back the image that we all try to portray, and it's really getting to the heart of our messy lives. If you've missed any of the messages so far, um, there's been two weeks so far. You can go online and catch up. Week one, we talked about, I know a mess when I see one because I am one, that we all can recognize the messes around us because we ourselves are a mess, that we've all messed up, but we've all been embraced by a grace that we cannot that we cannot fathom. And so we learn to take Jesus' advice to remove the plank from our own eye before we try to remove the speck from our brother's or sister's eye. And last week in week two, we talked about how our mess can be the very thing that leads us into a divine encounter with God. That he comes in our mess and that he meets us and there's a crossroads where we can either follow Jesus's way out of the mess, or we can go our own way. And so this week, we're going to talk about how when we 
take Jesus's way out of it, that we can follow him, that God comes alongside of us and he grabs our hand and he walks with us. We're going to talk about how the Christian life is an inside-out journey, that it's not cleaning up all of this to present some front to the world, that it is God coming and doing a work on the inside of us. We believe as Christians that Jesus loves the little messes, all the little messes of the world, but that he loves us way too much to leave us that way, that God loves you and that God loves me exactly where we're at today. But he loves us too much to leave us that way. The Bible shows us and tells us of all the great names of God and who he is as creator of the universe, as sovereign Lord, But in the New Testament, Jesus shows us that God is a good father and that through him we can know God as our good father and as any good human father would do, that they walk with their kids, that we teach and journey with our children, preparing them, growing them, training them for what's ahead, and that God does the very same thing with us, that he comes alongside of us through relationship. He begins to mature us and change us and shape our lives. You see, Christianity isn't just a series of sins and forgiveness, sin and forgiveness, messing up, coming back to God, asking him to fix our messes. I think people get so disillusioned with God and with Christianity because sometimes that's what they see in our lives. They see that our lives don't look a whole lot different than theirs, that we're right alongside them doing everything that they do. We just feel a little guilty about it. Our lives aren't set apart and they don't look different. But I'm just here to say and to tell you that Christianity is way better than that. It's way better than what some of us are experiencing on a daily basis. God wants more for you than for you to just go through life trying not to mess up, trying not to steal, trying not to cheat, trying not to um, make God mad. God has so much more. Because following Jesus is much more than just avoiding something. It is about becoming something. In fact, Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Life to the full sounds much better than just trying to avoid messing up. What does it mean? I think what God means when he says he's come to give us life to the full is that from God's perspective, he sees the entirety of our lives. He doesn't just see our momentary trial or our struggle, or maybe you're in a season that's good. Everything is, is lining up, that you have deep joy and happiness and fulfillment where you are right now. Whatever your season may be, God sees so much more than that. And Jesus came first of all, to build a bridge so that we can know God as our Father. That when he comes to give us life to the full, it meant he saved us in our helplessness. He saved us in our sin. He met us where we were at. He paid for our sin. And when we accept the sacrifice, when we accept the forgiveness, when we turn and repent from our um, life of sin and follow him, that his plan and his fullness for our life can't be found apart from him. When you live separate from your creator, there's an insecurity that is insurmountable. And so he comes to let us know God as father. And then 
The beautiful part is because God sees our lives in their entirety. He wants us to lay there at the end of our life and look back. We'll look back and see that our lives were full of purpose. They were for a purpose, for a kingdom much bigger than our own. When we lay there at the end of our life, we're not going to wish for the fullness of money or pleasure, temporary fulfillment. We're going to long to look back and to see that our lives mattered, that they were full of deep relationships, that they were full of intimate moments with your creator, and that they were full of eternal value. Because there is so much that you do in this life that matters for the next. John 10 also says that there's an enemy of our souls and he is a thief and he wants to steal and kill and destroy the very opposite of life to the full. He wants, when you look back at the wake of your life and what fans out from your life, he wants it to be full of stolen time and stolen moments, the death of relationships, the death of your marriage. He wants to destroy your legacy, your reputation, And he wants you to be busy building a kingdom full of temporary pleasure because he knows that those distractions will ultimately cost you the destiny that God has for you. He wants the kingdom that you built to amount to nothing. So today we're going to take a look at how God takes our hot mess and he gives us life to the full. The Lord's been walking me through just a couple-year journey of stretching and a purifying of my own heart and motives. He's revealed some of the ugliness deep down inside of me, not to hurt me, not to make me feel bad or shame. He's exposing these things that are deep inside of me to free me, to purify my heart, and to help me to love others. But in the struggle, in the mess, I think we all want to just cling to this image of having it all together. My humanity just wants to tidy things up, put on this front that everyone thinks everything's okay. But my good, good father wants so much more for me, and he wants so much more for you. We're going to look at a book in the New Testament, Philippians. And this was a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi in Greece that he planted. And he wrote this letter to them 10 years after he had planted the church. When Paul wrote this letter, as with a lot of his letters that he wrote, he was not in a good place. He was actually in prison. He was in prison under the Emperor Nero, who was notorious for killing Christians. So his life was not, nothing was looking good for him. But in spite of that, he writes this letter back to this church. And in Philippians 1, 3 through 5, it says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Just a little side note, I absolutely love Paul's learned perspective on life, that he is sitting there in prison, not sure if he'll live another day, but he is sitting there intentionally thinking about the things that he has to praise God for. He's thinking about a church that he planted 10 years ago and recalling to mind all the things that he has to be grateful for. How, how different would the messes of our life and would the prisons of our life look if we didn't just sit around whining and moaning and wanting something different, as I am so guilty of so often, but we intentionally brought to mind all of the blessings that we have to thank God for. 
It would completely uh, change the way we view our lives. So we continue on in Philippians 1.6. He says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. When you became a Christian, when I became a Christian, God began doing a work inside of you. It wasn't something that you did, that God came and he started this work inside of you. God started something inside of you so that he can bring something out of you. It's not behavior modification. Although our behaviors start to change as our hearts start to change. It's not just a list of things we stop doing. It is the starting of something inside of us. God's working to complete something inside of you, not to keep you from something. You see, the end game for Christianity is maturity. Jesus invites us into a follow-me faith, not a fix-your-messes kind of faith. God's heart for us is that we would all mature in our faith. As we're raising children, as we watch kids around us, we start from a very young age training them, even from infancy. We start by feeding them a bottle, and then, slowly, we let them start to hold their own bottle. Not because we're incapable of holding it, but because they help, it helps them learn fine motor skills and just the strength to lift the bottle. They need that for their next stage. When we teach them how to use utensils, it'd be way easier for us to just keep feeding them. It's less messy, like the video shows. They chuck food everywhere. But there's a reason we're teaching them to use utensils for the next season in life. And God is just the same with us, that he's working inside of us, doing something so small, helping, helping strengthen our skills, strengthen our faith for what lies ahead. He is journeying with us. You see, you can cram for an exam, but you just can't cram for maturity. That we enter into this relationship with Christ, with an ex- if, if we enter in with the expectation of, okay, God, I'm here, I'm giving my life to you, and I just want you to come and just fix all these things going on in my life. We just end up disillusioned with God when he doesn't fix everything. He cares about the details of all of our lives. And sure, sometimes he comes and there's immediate healing. Sometimes there's an immediate change in our circumstances. But that's not what the Christian faith is all about. It's about walking with him through this life. He wants to take our lives. He wants to make them full and mature. And he wants to deepen your faith. And it's because he is far more concerned with who you're becoming not just achieving some, some perfect uh, record of behavior. He wants to mature you, and he wants to secure you in who you are in him. God wants you to know who you are and whose you are. He wants you to find your identity in him as your heavenly father, as a daughter and as a son. And he wants us to just allow him to accomplish these things in our life. So when we entered into this relationship with God, we know that he began the work inside of us. And then Paul's prayer over this church gives us a glimpse into the work that he's doing. In verse 9, it says, And this is my prayer, that you stay out of trouble and that you behave yourself. 
It doesn't say that at all, although we would expect it, because sometimes we think God just wants some, you know, perfect behavior out of us. No, his prayer, I think, is surprising to all of us. He said, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Have you ever prayed for your love? What, what do you pray for you? I know a lot of times mine's just, you know, little and insecure prayers for the day, and I believe that God cares about all the details, but he wants so much more for us. The thing that God is doing inside of you, he is doing inside of us so that he can love others through us. He says that your love would abound more and more, that you'd learn to love each other, that your love for other people, it would get bigger and better so you can discern what is best and be sincere and blameless. Love isn't just some feeling that you act on. True love is full of wisdom and discernment, sincerity, and it's blameless. It's selfless in the way that you treat each other. We learn and discern how to get better at loving people. And I think what God showed me about that passage is that some of us are great at being selfless. Some of us are great at just laying our lives down for people. And that the Holy Spirit can come in and give us the wisdom and discernment when we need to act differently towards them. Some of us have all kinds of wisdom and discernment, but we're not ready to lay our lives down for them. And so the Holy Spirit comes and teaches us how to lay our lives down for people. That there's so much to loving people. And that in that loving of people, it changes who we are. It changes our hearts. I think learning to love my children bigger and better has been such a journey. Motherhood has revealed so much selfishness in me. I think when we talk about how our children are a gift that sometimes that is the gift that you never saw coming. That the stuff that they reveal that's inside of you can sometimes be pretty ugly. That sometimes you need to die every day for the good of your family, for the good of your kids, for the good of those around you. But true love is selfless. And I think we fight that as human beings, but God knows that it is the very best thing for us. And each of our children, each of God's children, receive love so differently. And so it would make sense that we need to stay close to his heart to learn how to love people, how they need to be loved. God is not trying to make you better at behaving, but he is trying to make you a better lover of people. God's not trying to make you the perfect mom or the perfect dad the perfect brother or sister or friend. He is teaching you how to love others, especially those closest to you and even those who are difficult to love. Following Jesus isn't primarily about doing what's right. It's about doing what's right for others. And as we wrap up today, the band is going to come forward. God is doing a work 
in each and every one of your hearts. He's doing a work in my heart. And what we all need to do, what we need to learn to do, is to just participate in the work that he's doing. And I think we get so focused on the final product. We want to arrive. We want to be fully mature. But in Paul's prayer, he says, we're not going to arrive until we meet Jesus. That this is a lifelong process that God promises never to leave us, never to forsake us. He will walk with us through it all. You see, the mark of spiritual maturity is seeing others as God sees them. I pray often for my kids, for my husband, for friends, that he would help me see them the way that he sees them. Can you imagine if our church, if Adventure Church was just full of people who saw each other and who saw people the way that God sees them? Full of people whose, heart, whose hearts were surrendered and participating in the work that God is doing individually in your heart. Today, I just have a simple prayer to leave you with. A prayer that can help you tune your heart into what God is doing inside of you. Every morning, throughout the day, just write it down and have it ready and just pray it over and over and it will start to change your heart. It's Heavenly Father, complete the work that you've begun in me. Help me to see others as you see them and help me to do as you say. Heavenly Father, complete the work that you have begun in me. Help me to see others as you see them and help me to do as you say. Because remember, Christianity is not merely about behavior modification. It is about soul transformation. Who are you becoming? We're going to close with this song. And I love the words of this song. Let this be the prayer of your heart. Let's not just sing this or listen to it. Let's truly mean it with our heart that we would say, God, we want to see how you see. We want to seek the things that you seek. Because in you is fullness of life. It's not found outside of you.